Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks of all ages. I'm Josh. I'm Amanda. And welcome to the Geek Tribe podcast, where we discuss movies, comics, TV, video games, and pretty much anything that is geek-related. Today we're going to go through our top 10 movies. I really struggled putting this list together. I think my list here is not, it's not a definitive top 10 for me. My my top 10 seems to be very fluid. This um, is what your top 10 was today. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, there's lots of movies that I wanted to put in there that I'm like, oh, they got edged out by this other movie because just today I liked that one a bit more. Next week it might be a different list. I think my top maybe three Five might be solid, but my back five are always in flux. That's the same with me. I struggled to put my top ten into a list. Like, there were some that I was like, oh, I like that one better some days. Oh, I like that one better some days. And some of them I was like, well, I liked this one years ago, but it still has a sort of impact on me. Mm. So There's movies that I haven't watched in a while, but I'm like, oh, but it's really good. Yeah. I think, too, it's really hard because... New movies are always coming out. Absolutely. So, like, there's new movies coming in all the time. Where That doesn't make the old movies that are on my list bad. It just means that I've got another one that I really like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my top 10 turns into a top 20 and then a top 30, top 40, top 50. I'm just spoiled for good movies. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Okay. So my... Sitting in at number 10, I've got a movie called Red Cliff, which is, it's a Chinese movie, uh, subtitled. It's all about the sort of, the ending of the the Han Dynasty, the Three Warring States era in China, where um, the the three states sort of go to war against each other, and towards the end there, um, two of the states team up to defeat this, the other state. It's a fantastic movie. Having said that, it's almost five hours long. Wow. Um, there is an edited version that you can get, but if you want to get the full experience, the five-hour movie is quite amazing. Um, really good battle scenes, martial arts. They bring up a lot of the um, the strategy, which I think is just... It's an amazing movie. It's directed by John Woo, so the action pieces in it are, are great. Um, and if you don't mind subtitles, check it out. It is If you've got five hours, it's definitely worth a watch. This is a movie that I haven't seen myself, so I am learning things about you too. I knew you like subtitled movies, but I didn't know you liked this one. Mm. Um, is there any actors in it or anything that are well known? Um, not for Western audiences, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think there's some big names um for China, um, but not like I could give you the top three actors that are in it. And you probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, it's not like Jackie Chan's in yeah, it or anything yeah. like that. No Jet Li's. Um, no. Um, <laughs> but it's it's very well cast and they're all fantastic in it. Nice. Well, I'm starting to think that your top 10 might be a little bit more deep than my top 10. Because <laughs> my top 10, uh, or my number 10 favourite movie, is the movie Waiting. <laughs> That's very different to your number 10. Um, it's a comedy about sort of the behind the scenes of a restaurant. And I think I like this movie so much because it came into my life, or I first saw it at a movie where I think I needed a comedy. And it was also one of my first introductions to good old Ryan Reynolds. So that sort of gave a little push along there. But um, it's a fantastic movie. It's got a, a really big, well-known cast. It's got Anna Faris, Justin Long, Dane Cook, the guy from Bones. I don't know his name. The young psychiatrist. I can't remember. Guy. His name. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's just to name a few. It's a it's a huge cast. It's a great laugh. It's very quotable, which I like about it as well. Like 
it's, it's one that I can watch over and over again and just laugh every time I see it. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, you've got to watch this mm-hmm. movie. Very good. But yeah, that's my number 10. All right, moving along. My number nine is The Motorcycle Diaries. Which is, it's another subtitled movie, um, but it tells the story um, of a young Che Guevara after he just, he's just, just finished medical school or he's, he's almost finished medical school and he goes a lot out with his friend and they jump on the back of a motorbike and they just travel and it's sort of, you can see in the movie like the really big pivotal moments that will shape who he then goes on to become. The scenery is beautiful. The way it's shot, great. The two lead actors, um, the play Shay and his friend, uh, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but they they bounce off each other really well. You can really you really get a sense of that camaraderie and friendship, and then it even like towards the end it gets strained a little bit, but it's it's just a really well put together movie. Sounds good. Another one I haven't seen. I need to educate myself, obviously. <laughs> um, my number ten, no number nine, sorry, is. Um, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows. The number two Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr., not number one. Number one is good. I just think Moriarty as a villain was better. I love these movies. I think that they were so well cast. Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law are a fantastic Sherlock and Watson. I think the humour in it, the, the like where it goes slow motion and it goes through... Sherlock's train of thought. I really like those bits in those movies. In all of them, yeah. um, The soundtrack. Hans Zimmer is amazing. (laughs) I have no other words for him. He is... (laughs) the, The way that he can convey emotion or tension and all of these things in music is just... It adds so much to this story as well. Um, The sort of clock ticking motive, I guess, that he uses throughout this throughout the chess game in the movie for anyone that's seen it it's just perfect it's, it's the best that's my number nine Sherlock Holmes Game nice. of Shadows <laughs> I remember really enjoying the first Sherlock I have seen Game of Shadows but I can't really remember it oh, I just the, the guy that plays Moriarty he's so it's like sinister but he doesn't it's not he's not scary he's like an oldish guy and he's mm. sort of scary without being scary, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to mm. explain it, but... Do they play... Is that the one where they play the chess game and it's... Like, they don't actually move? It's all in their head? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think that's very clever. I think... Th- but the fact that Moriarty is just as smart as Sherlock... Yeah. It's like a battle of wits. Yeah. More than... Well, it's like that um, It's like that classic line that a hero is only as good as his villain. Mm. Like, you've got to have a good villain to make the hero really rise up. Yeah. And how, like, the role of Irene Adler through it as well. I won't spoil anything for anyone that hasn't seen it, but, like, her relationship with Sherlock and things that happen, and it's just, it's fantastic. The whole Mm. movie is brilliant, yeah. Good stuff. All right, number eight. Um, I'm going a bit back in time here for this one. Um, I've chosen the Disney Hercules. That's the one. Made 1997. I, I remember going and staying at my grandma's and hiring the VHS from the video shop and we'd go back to her place and I would watch it, finish it, rewind it and watch it again. Like, I'd just watch it all day and grandma would just put up with it. I just loved it. I loved the music. I loved the story. It just something about it just really resonated with me as a young child and I, I just couldn't get enough. I thought it was fantastic. It is a very well cast Disney movie. Mm. Like the voices, I couldn't pick a better voice for those characters than 
what they've used. But even even then, like having like such a good voice cast, like that didn't didn't play into it for me when I was a kid. Mm. It was just there was something about this movie was just so magical for me, and I just love the the lesson learnt at the end. Um, the hero's strength is measured by the size of his heart. Mm, that's it, and I I think that that was really special. It really hit home for me. Like you don't have to be the biggest and strongest; it's what's inside that counts, and mm. I really like that. Oh, that's really nice. Um, my number eight is also. A little bit of a trip back in time. It is the original Matrix movie. Not number two, not number three, number one, the one and only. This movie was the first movie that I watched. I remember getting invited to a friend's house and she had... We stayed up all night and we did each other's hair and we had little fights. Yes. Okay, um, but she had this amazing DVD collection. It was like a library, like nothing I'd ever seen before as a kid. Like she had an address book which she had written all of her DVDs and things in and when she lent them out to people she wrote in this library this address book it was just the huge did she charge you no she, it was because if she charged you that's a rental store <laughs> I know shush but she had the hugest DVD collection I have ever seen and I went around there one day to watch a DVD and she's like pick whichever one you want and I was quite young at this point and I was looking through I'm like what's the most grown-up movie that I can watch and I was like The Matrix (laughs) (laughs) and we watched it and I was a little confused by it but it's one that's like it's a memory that stuck with me the first time I watched The Matrix because I felt like such a grown-up watching this movie because it was one of the very first sort of action movies that I'd seen. Just the special effects, the the storyline, like, oh, are we all plugged into the Matrix? Like, I, I, mm. even now, I find myself feeling the back of my head. Jeez. <laughs> it's just a movie that has stuck with me, and I can watch it over and over and still enjoy it as much as the first time I saw it. It's got a good soundtrack, too. Absolutely. Yeah, that Rage Against the Machine song that plays yeah. right Bomb at the track. end. Yeah. Um, that, that movie, I, that was, I remember when that came out, and that was fantastic, but it did sort of um, leave us with a whole bunch of people walking around in those big, long <laughs> neo trench coats. With the glasses and the, the, the hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I can forgive the movie for that. Nah, it's good. It's a good movie. What are we up to? Seven. My seventh one is Aliens, the, the sequel to Alien. I think this movie was... See, I was a big fan of Alien. Um, it used to scare the heck out of me as a, as a child. Like, watching watching it now, it's a little not as scary as I remember. But there was just a big tonal shift from the style. Like, it went from Alien being a very much a horror, suspense, thriller, to Aliens being action, mm-hmm. horror. They managed to do that transition seamlessly. Like, you didn't really think about it. Mm. I never um, thought about that, yeah. But yeah, it's very much seeing Ripley go back in and sort of get revenge on the aliens. And like you're always on the edge of your seat, especially when they um, introduce um, Newt as a supporting character. You're like, oh my God, she's just a little girl. She shouldn't be there. You've got to get her out of there. And then they just keep making these decisions. And like they should have just left and, and nuked it from orbit, but they didn't. They stayed and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's so so tense the whole way through because of the stakes. The stakes seem to be higher this time because it's not just Ripley. It's this little girl. Mm-hmm. And this little girl can't make it without Ripley. So I'm a big fan of that movie. It's well cast. I have to admit, you showed me these, aliens movie, these alien movies within the last year. Mm-hmm. You introduced me to them. And I found that Alien, the first one, was very talky. 
Yeah. And it was like it was introducing you to what this creature was and everything like that. And then it sort of felt like the action started to happen and then it was over. Whereas this one picks up right from the action. So I think I enjoyed this one better than the first one. Um, because, yeah, it was like you knew what was happening and you knew what was what was coming for them. And it gave it that little bit of extra tension mm. as well. They, they upped the ante. Instead yeah. of just one crawling around the spaceship, you've got there's hundreds of yeah. these things flocking around the, um, the space station. It's, it's great. And you've got these like hard-ass marines that are coming in. They're going to save the day. They're going to kill everything. And they get their asses handed to them. Mm-hmm. And it's and like in the end, it's, it's Ripley who is not the trained marine, but she comes out alive. Mm-hmm. Bringing it up. Okay, my number seven... A movie called 500 Days of Summer. Um, this is a movie starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and... Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel. That's yeah. it. That's it. For me, a movie is better if it has a good soundtrack. Mm. And I adore this movie's soundtrack. It is also a movie that can be looked at from different ways. It's about um, a, a relationship between Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character and a girl played by Zoe Deschanel called Summer. And it's the 500 days of their relationship. And depending on which way you look at it, like it's a very, very toxic relationship. It's sort of toxic from both sides. Like you don't know if she is the villain per se in air quotes or if he is the villain of the relationship like who is the one causing the most disharm to this relationship when I first watched it I thought it was definitely one person and then I watched it again and I was like well actually she's not much better or he's not much better and it's, it's really interesting to see their dynamic between the two of them because Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and Zoe Deschanel as like a, a real person are like so good friends like they click really well together but seeing them bounce off each other like in a an awkward tension like it's it's just it, it's a weird way and I think that it's just it, it doesn't go straight through the 500 days either like you have day one day 250 day 13 day whatever it jumps all over the place yeah yeah, yeah. And so you're sort of putting the pieces of this relationship together as the movie goes along. And yeah, the soundtrack is just amazing as well. I think it's really clever when they can um, take a movie like that and they and they can jump from place to place and still you can still follow it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it takes um, a very clever person to be able to write that or direct that and, and put it together and have it make sense. So whenever I see that, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like I wish I could do that sort of stuff. Number six... I'm surprised that I haven't jumped into any superhero movies yet, but here it is. Um, <laughs> Avengers. Avengers number one. I, I really struggled trying to figure out, like, I wanted a Marvel movie to be in my top ten, but which, which one deserved a place? I, I love the first Iron Man is great. I, I really do enjoy Captain America, the first Avenger. Winter Soldier is really good. Civil War is really good. Guys of the Galaxy, and they're all just so good. But I think Avengers edges them all out because it was the first time they all came together. That was a pretty special moment, seeing I think. when the camera pans around them and they're mm. all together in that one scene. I know it's used a lot, but it's a, yeah. a good scene, yeah. It's, it's brilliantly shot. The action in it is amazing. The dialogue's great. Like, that bit where Cap's at the end and they've just all come together and he's like, Tony, you go do this, and, and Hawkeye do this, and, and this, and then and then Hulk smash. Like, it's just fantastic. I, I almost put Endgame here because of the, the coming through the portals and everything. Like, that's very, very monumental as well, having 
everyone come together. But you can't have that unless you have Avengers first. Very true. So that's why I put them... Like, having seen that, what, 10 years ago or so, whenever it was, um, like, it blew my mind. I, I loved it. And, like, all the whole MCU is well cast, I think. So, yeah, Avengers, my number six. You think Loki was a strong villain? I think so. Strong enough for that first get-together of heroes? Yeah. Well, it sort of ties in with the comic books, I think, which I I liked. Like, they definitely changed the lineup for the movie. Like, in the comic books, I could go on about this all day. Please stop me. So <laughs> um, in the comic books, the um, the original Avengers, it's a different lineup. Yeah. But it is Loki that sort of... With the Chitauri coming down? Is that from the comic books, or...? No, I'm pretty sure he does something to Hulk, and they have to... Oh, okay. They have to man together and stop stop the Hulk, and then they realise that it's Loki pulling the strings, and they all pile on Loki. Nice. I'll have to double-check that, but... It... Cool. Well, I'm going to stop you there. So okay, yeah. <laughs> um, my number six is a wonderful little medieval comedy called A Knight's Tale. (laughs) I... (laughs) Yes. Um, I love this movie so much. Um, Heath Ledger was brilliant in it. His two sidekicks, the guy from Game of Thrones and the guy from Firefly, Alan Turdick, and Mm. I don't know the other guy's name. Um, they were comic oh, brilliance. The oh, and the guy Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany as well. well. Yeah, they are comic brilliance. The three of them. It's called Lance. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Um. The the soundtrack to this one as well is really good. Like that. How they mix Queen with that medieval mm. sort of style. Yep. Mix David Bowie with that sort of style. I like the fact that the love interest in it wasn't your typical love interest. Like, it, um, what's her name? Rosalind. It was a horse, wasn't it? No. Ros- no. Ro- Ro- her name starts with R. Ro- Rosalind Rosamond or something. I don't even know what her name is. She's the girl from 40 Days, 40 Nights. She, 40 Days, 40 Nights? No, she's the, well, the one with um Josh Hartnett. 40 Days. Where he goes without. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's in that movie with him. But she, like, she doesn't look like your usual female romance lead. She's got like a, a it's, it is, she's very beautiful, but it's a different sort of beautiful. She's not, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. But when I was little, I was, well not little, but when I was watching it, I think it was good to see a female lead like her. It showed just a mixture of different people. The comedy in it is brilliant. The acting, everything is just great. The guy that's the bad guy as well with the funny eye. Like, oh, I just, I could go on about it forever. Like, it's such a good movie. Yeah, that's her. Shannon. Oh, it doesn't even start with that. Shannon Sossaman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? I don't know. Don't know. But You're yeah. Drunk. That's my number six. Nice. I did like that movie as well. That was a very good one. Yay. With the good Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we're into the, the home stretch now. Number five. Into the Spider-Verse. I remember seeing this movie at the cinema and it was just totally blown away. It was just amazing. I, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Peter Parker Spider-Man fan. That's what I grew up on. It wasn't until years later when they did the Ultimate Spider-Man run. Brian Michael Bendis wrote it and he created Miles Morales to take over the the mantle of Spider-Man. And like, I, I can't remember how old I was. Like, not that long ago. Like, in the terms of comic years, I guess. Um, Miles Morales is a very new character on the scene. But I wasn't sure how that sat with me, being such a big Peter Parker fan. I'm like, you can't take away, you know, Peter Parker from Spider-Man. Like, they're, they're one and the same. But after a while, this, this idea grew on me. I'm like, Miles Morales, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, it's in the alternate universe, so it, it's not, like, main continuity, so it doesn't really matter. But when they've merged him over, and after reading more and more of this character, I'm like, he is a fantastic 
character. He deserves to be Spider-Man. And having a Spider-Man movie where he is the main character, it was just so well done. And it wasn't like it shit all over the Peter Parker Spider-Man. It, it does them both, like, justice. And even the um the other Peter Parker Spider-Man there, he gets a bit tubby and stuff. Like, he's just fantastic. Like, you can't help but love him. Mm-hmm. Like, all the characters in this, you can't help but love. Even the Kingpin, who is the villain. Like, when you find out why he's doing these things, you're like, oh, he just, he just wants to be with his... Oh, that's sad, man. He's doing all the wrong things, but for the right reasons, I guess, you know? That's really... I just It's sad. I'm getting yeah. all emotional thinking about it. <laughs> this movie as well, the way that it is animated. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Is, is it true that, like, anywhere in the movie you can pause it and it's meant to look like a still from a comic book? Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite amazing how they put it together. And the way that they did the animation for, say, um, the, the Peter Parker Spider-Man, who's been Spider-Man for years, who knows what he's doing. He's animated at 100 frames per second. That's not right, but let's, for example, 100 frames per second. So he's a lot smoother and he, he moves very crisp. Whereas um, Miles, who's only been Spider-Man for, like, a couple of days, he's animated at like 50 frames per second so his movements aren't as smooth and crisp and a bit jerky and mm. that's something that I found out after watching the movie and then re-watching it, I'm like oh my god it's it works so well but yeah all that the, the homage to the source material it's it's just beautiful it's just such a well-made movie mm. good soundtrack too mm. there's, there's a theme with good soundtracks and... <laughs> yeah, I agree all right um, my number five is taking a big step back in time again it is the movie The Breakfast Club now I have a soft spot for this one because I watched it when I was younger because I was in a a drama group that were going to perform this on stage really yes um I who are you <laughs> I I feel like I was a little you were the principal way <laughs> miscast no I was not the principal. The janitor. Yes. <laughs> I was. But it was only because I was called in at the last minute because I wasn't really aware of the movie and they'd already cast the, the, the kids and stuff and they needed people to be the adults. And um, so that's who I was called in to be. But then I read through the script and I was like, what is this? And I went home and I watched the movie and I just fell in love with it because it's, it's like a high school comedy drama. Thing, but it covers all of the classes of high school students like and how they can all come together it's just like it's no matter what sort of click you're in at school that you belong like mm. they're not so different yeah, from each other yeah. they've got common interests like deep down like they can be friends with each other even though they come from those different cliques absolutely yeah and as Watching this as a kid, being in high school, was sort of a comfort to know that even people that you looked at that were like princesses or jocks or whatever, like, they're not that different Mm. to you. I think that was something that, I think that's something that all teenagers need to know. So, yeah, Breakfast Club, number five. Nice. Good soundtrack too. Yes, again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, number four. My, the, the next four movies, my last ones, are all, like, from my childhood. You'll sense a theme there. Number four is Jurassic Park. Um, being a little boy obsessed with dinosaurs and having this movie come out, I just loved it. Like, I had, I had the toys, had the movie, I had, like, the lunchbox, the hat, like, anything that had a bit of Jurassic Park on it. Everything from that souvenir shop. Yeah. Like, I had, I wanted. It was amazing. Um... Mm. 
It's iconic. <laughs> it is. Um, it, it's a great movie. I remember like watching it and have them like do that. They get into the sort of ride at the at the center where it sort of explains how they make the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And there's that little animation that pops up, Mr. DNA, and he's like, oh, you know, the mozzie goes along and it bites the dinosaur. And sucks up all the dinosaur's blood and then it lands on the tree and then it gets covered in sap and then the sap is fossilized with the perfect preserved mosquito inside it and all we had to do was extract the blood and bingo bango we've got dino dna i'm like oh my god that's genius this is a real thing this could happen like all we need is fossil why aren't scientists out there right now getting this dinosaur blood from the mosquitoes like, we could have dinosaurs. Like, I could not believe that this isn't something that the, the top scientists weren't working on right now. Like, why don't we have dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. It's a thing. This is legit. I learned it from this movie. <laughs> it we, it could happen. And the whole... <laughs> like, they, they obviously were just making this up because there's no way that they would know. <laughs> but they're just like, quick, don't move. His vision is based on movement. And if you don't move, he won't see you. I'm like, I just took that for that's that's fact that's fact man <laughs> dr grant said it so it's gotta be true loved it i loved that movie that movie as well like that's another one that you've introduced me to more recently the special effects they like they stand the test of time like i was watching it and i'm like a lot of the special effects were practical yeah they're that's like why. puppets and stuff yeah, yeah. animatronics that the t-rex is a big animatronic t-rex and it's it's amazing like a lot of the sort of older scary movies even though this isn't i don't know if it's classed as a scary movie or not but sort of get a bit cheesy and a bit camp with time and you're like ah well that wasn't scary but this like it's still pretty scary that scene where the um the t-rex like in the rain busts out and And he's on the roof yeah it's terrifying like and even when the kids are hiding in the kitchen from the velociraptors yeah like it's Heart pumping stuff. Yeah. Little known facts. Did you know that the because the T Rex was animatronic mm. and they were shooting it in the rain, the rain or the water damaged the animatronics <laughs> so that they'd be they wouldn't be filming, they'd just be on set breaking for lunch or whatever, and the T Rex would just come to life and oh, scare the shit out of everyone because <laughs> Yeah, there was short circuit somewhere and it just like, whoop, and everyone would freak out. Wow. Classic. Alrighty, my number four. I'm bringing a Marvel movie to the mix now. Mm-hmm. What you got? My number four is Captain America Winter Soldier. That's that's a good one. That is my favourite Marvel movie out of all of them. It's not one that I would have expected to be my favourite because Captain America isn't particularly my favourite character. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the Winter Soldier... I think because it has that slight espionage, James Bondy yeah, sort of yeah. feel, I just really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the, the introduction of the Winter Soldier and how he was sort of more of a challenge to Captain America because he was sort of equal in strength, kind of, mm. with his arm and stuff like that. And I just... the Him, Captain America and Black Widow... I think are they make a very good team. Mm. Like together, they have like a sort of they have a really good chemistry. Yeah, I just like the whole feel of this movie. It's just my favorite one. This is one that I could without hesitation chuck in the DVD player and watch again. Mm. There are some that I'm like, oh, I don't really like that part of this one. Or I don't really like. like yeah, Iron let's Man. just skip this bit. Let's and just get... skip Iron Man three altogether. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. This one, like, I could watch the whole thing easily and be as entertained as any of the previous times. Go Chris Evans. I really enjoyed Winter Soldier as well. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, 
Like, I remember liking the first Captain yeah. America movie, but I didn't think it was, like, mind-blowingly amazing. Yeah, because I think the action sequences in this are good. The sort of detective work in it is good. Mm. That, um, the fight scene in the elevator yeah. is really good. Um, and just some of those, like, the when Cap throws his shield and um, when a soldier turns around and just catches yeah, it. Yeah, that's... It was just, yeah. like, one of those, like, oh, my God, did he just... How did he do that? Yeah. That was really cool. And it, it really did set up, like, it was a good way of setting up for the whole Civil War. Absolutely. Yep. storyline down the track this was the one where sort of you know Captain America sort of wasn't Captain America like mm. he sort of went like, you had to go underground yeah, yeah yeah and like he sort of shed the sort of cleaner image a little bit um, which I think was an interesting character arc sort of like following his his change in character like before he was like yes America we're fighting for America we're fighting for justice we're fighting for this and then he realised that the government wasn't fighting for the same thing and so it's not so black and white yeah yeah yeah. i think um he had one of the more interesting overall story arcs throughout all of the the marvel movies Mm -hmm. Um, especially since he was i guess a man out of his time yeah but yeah he was really good to watch through all those movies all right number three now i i almost didn't have one of these movies in my top 10 um, and yet you cemented it in your top five. And then, yeah, after thinking about it a bit more, I, I redid my top ten list and I put this in and then it ended up coming down to number three, is Star Wars Episode Six: mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. Um, I know that a lot of people madly in love with Empire Strikes Back, but I think Return of the Jedi for me is just, I just, I like it a bit more. Like, I really do like Empire. Empire is amazing. Um, but I think Return of the Jedi sort of... It brings everything full circle. Mm-hmm. There's It ties up the loose ends. You get a lot more redemption in this. Darth Vader redeems himself. You get to see Luke sort of come into his own as a Jedi. Leia is kicking ass. Saves Han. Lando gets to redeem himself as well mm-hmm. after betraying everyone in the previous movie. There's the untimely demise... Of Boba Fett, who I think says four words in the whole <laughs> in the whole trilogy, um, and yet he's one of the most iconic fan favorites. He's one of my favorites. I love him. Yeah. He's he's great. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't say a lot, and he. I think there's, in that scene where he gets kicked, he doesn't even really get kicked. Like, Luke doesn't make connection. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Or is that, maybe it's just another guard on the um, on the skiff there that he kicks. But yeah, there's some, some pretty dodgy <laughs> shots there. The one thing that works against Return of the Jedi is, I think, the, the Ewoks. Now, they're cute and cuddly and everything, but they're a bit, they're very much, let's sell some toys. Mm. Having said that, the first time I watched this, I was a kid and I did not care. Like I'm like Ewoks, yeah, it's an Ewok. Mm-hmm. What do you want? It's it's cool. That's fine. Um, but after watching it as an adult and going, how how do the Ewoks take out the um the stormtroopers? Even how with how bad the stormtroopers' aim is, they get taken out by Ewoks carrying rocks and sticks. Like mm. it's a little it's a little bit much. But apart from that, like I think it's a great movie. My number three is a Disney movie. Song of the South. <laughs> Absolutely. The band one. <laughs> <laughs> no, my number three is The Emperor's New Groove. It is my favourite because I can laugh through the whole thing. David Spade, he's brilliant. And um, what's John his name? Goodman. And Patrick Wall... Cronk? Oh, a Cronk, yeah. Oh. Patrick Warburton. Fantastic. And yeah, John Goodman as well. 
fantastic. I don't think there is a day when I triumph at something and in my head I don't go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> so many quotable things in this one as well. The llama face. Do the, the, do the smash it with the hammer thing. <laughs> smash it. <laughs> um, I, I know. I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box and put that box inside another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, I tell you. <laughs> I love it. Pull That's the lever, great. clunk. <laughs> Wrong lever. It's just, it's brilliant. I like the, the animation style they did for it is a little bit more Aztec, yeah. which is sort of fits in with the sort of scene that they're trying the to, to film. And, yeah. and it's very like angular and squarey, like everything they do in it, even when the map comes up to show where they're sort of traveling and who gets to the palace first and all that stuff. It's very angular mm. and just interesting to look at. Um, the architecture of the palace, like in the fight scenes when they're chasing the potion and things, it's, it's just interesting to look at as well as to listen to because of all of the I don't know it's, it seems improvised speech throughout it but maybe it's not maybe it is scripted just by funny people and it's just the way that David Spade and John Goodman have delivered these lines but it's just it's a feel good movie and it's one that I don't know the kids haven't showed much interest in it but I loved it I, I like it I'm a big fan of that as well it's got Tom Jones on. yeah what's his name <laughs> <laughs> it's great you can do all the voices <laughs> fantastic all right number two this is another one from my childhood was a big fan of these guys growing up i think it may have had something to do with the fact that there was four brothers and i didn't have a brother always wanted a brother um so i really i really liked i really connected with these guys um is teenage mutant ninja turtles um from the 1990s i was five years old then oh yeah (laughs) you were saying brother and i was like Hang on a second. But I, no, yeah, I, no. Yes, I'm sorry. I I do have a brother. <laughs> if he's out there, he... he... Uh, he's probably listening to this. I think he might be editing this later. But yes, I do have a brother. It's not until later that I got him, though. Okay. Like, I was five when I when this came out. Just and to clarify. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I loved the cartoon, but seeing these, these live-action guys, turtles, was amazing. Like... I, I loved them. And the fact that they, not only are they like these, obviously they're guys in suits, but they're still flipping and fighting mm. and doing all this crazy martial arts, wearing these big, cumbersome Ninja Turtle suits. Like, I never really thought of that, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I just absolutely love the movie. And I actually re-watched it not too long ago, thinking, oh, is it going to be one of those where you, <laughs> you have all these fond memories of, you rewatch and it doesn't hold up. For me, it really still holds up. I don't know if it's just because it's got a special place in my heart, mm. but I I still loved it. I think I got more out of it this time. There was a lot of the jokes that I didn't really understand back when I was a kid. Like, there's a joke about uh, Casey Jones. Donnie says something like, oh, I can't remember what it is. Casey miss, misinterprets what Donnie says, and he's, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I never got it as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I see what, what they're going for there. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of the Ninja Turtles, and I think this is this is what started it off. From this, I went into the cartoon, and there's been no looking back. He says he's a big fan of the Ninja Turtles. As we sit here, I'm looking at a shelf directly in front of me, and there are four little figurines of the Ninja Turtles. There are three signed and slabbed comics of Ninja Turtles. There's a little Lego Ninja Turtle. There's a drawn picture. There's a there's Ninja Turtles all over and right in front of us. I, I, so yeah. he's not lying when he says that he's a big fan of Ninja Turtles. I've got the <laughs> um, 
the the total um, NECA figures from the 1990 movie, which are quite amazing. Um, and I've got issue 100, issue 95, and issue 6 of um, Batman vs. the Ninja Turtles, all signed by Kevin Eastman, and issue 100 signed by Camillo, the artist, and the Batman Turtles is signed by Freddie, um, who is the artist on that book as well. Very cool. I'm not even that into Ninja Turtles, but they are very cool. Very good. I'll, I might post them on the Instagram at some point mm-hmm. so you guys can uh, check it out. Cool. Now, my number two is another step back in time. Um, it's a musical, Singing in the Rain. Uh, I love, love this movie. I don't even know where to start for this one. I guess Gene Kelly is the one thing that comes to my mind a lot when I think of this movie because... He's just so suave and so just like handsome in it. He dances like it's the easiest thing in the world. He makes it look so easy and yet he's doing some incredibly difficult dance moves along with um, the guy he plays, his friend, I'm not sure what his name is. He is hilarious in the Make Him Laugh song and the Roses Supposes, his toes and roses. I don't even know what that song's called, but that's another amazing number where the, the dances are just, ah, oh, they're just so brilliant. And um, Carrie Fisher's mum, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds is in this. She's so young, so beautiful. Never, not like, not really a dancer, and yet she can hold her own against Jane Kelly. She was just phenomenal. And in that scene where she's up on the ladder and the the fans on her and her outfits just billowing behind her, she's just so beautiful and she's got like the little doll face. Ah, oh, I love her. And then um, like there's that whole aspect of the movie, but then there's the whole aspect of the the silent movies going into talkie movies, and Lana Lamont is I think my favorite character in this whole thing. Her voice is so ear-piercingly horrible that it's perfect. Um, when the the sound goes out of sync with what they're filming, it just adds to another whole level of hilarity and uh, it just this this the songs in it, the the colour, like, and probably, I don't know if it had colour when it was first released, but just the colour in it is just beautiful, the, uh, just everything about it, it's just the perfect musical, like, it is quite long. The singing was amazing. Yeah, of course it was. The rain <laughs> was wet. <laughs> it was. But um, it, it is just the perfect musical. It has comedy, it has drama, it has everything. And it's one that I'll be singing the songs until I'm old and grey and I'll be laughing at Lena Lamont's I can't stand them and all this stuff. It's just... Look at you with all your impersonations. <laughs> it's It just makes me happy. Whenever I think about it, you just you can't feel sad thinking about Singing in the Rain. It's the ultimate feel-good movie. Oh, I just want to go watch it again now. Hold up, we've still got to get through number one. <laughs> All right, uh, before we do our number ones, I just want to throw a few honourable mentions out there. There was yep. a lot of movies that um, got cut or got rearranged, got turfed out. Or on different days could have made the list. Or, or yeah, today. like yeah. maybe uh, this time next week, I, I, my, my list will probably change. Mm-hmm. So I just really, I want to put out Fifth Element. I think that could very well be on my list, but I, I took it off to make room for something else. Oh, my God, my, one of mine, honourable mentions. One of mine is Skyfall with James Bond, the James yep. Bond movie. So good. Uh, Princess Bride. That was something that you introduced to me. Um, oh, yeah. Which, I, when I saw it, I, I thought this is amazing. I wish I had seen it as a child. Mm, as you wish. Because, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. And another one of my um, honourable mentions is The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Not one that I thought would be on my list. I turned up at the cinema to watch it, and me and my friend were the only young people in a cinema full of old people, and we were like, what are we watching? But it was so good. 
heartwarming, beautiful. Uh, Across the Universe, which is, it's a musical made entirely out of Beatles songs. It's fantastic. Very well done, yeah. The, the, the way that they do some songs in that is just beautiful. Mm. Um, and another, my last one, my last ex- um, honourable mention is The Greatest Showman. It just made me happy every time I went in to see it. The big musical numbers, Hugh Jackman, come on. He just, like Zac Efron, yeah, he was good, but Hugh Jackman, oh. So good. That that just made me smile. Huge smiles every time I went in and saw those circus dance numbers. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead um, by Tom Stoppard. It's got um, Tim Roth and Gary Oldman as the title characters. Um, it's a show which is all about um, these two characters, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who are characters from Hamlet. This is them whenever they're not on stage in Hamlet. Like it's behind fantastic. the scenes of Hamlet. Pretty much, yeah. And... The entire story is them pretty much waiting around to die. No. Have you got any more? No, I've got, I've got a few more. I'm just going to quickly go. Um, die Hard, classic. Dark Knight. Um, I really struggled with whether or not this should be on the list or not, and today, unfortunately, it didn't make it. Indiana Jones, any of the Indiana Jones movies, except the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> that That's in another list, and it's not the top ten. <laughs> Batman Returns. Um, and Spider-Man 2, the um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man with Doc Ock. Loved that when that first came out. I used to watch that on repeat over and over again. Um, a fantastic soundtrack to that as well. Mm. That's our honourable mentions. We've only got our... Number one! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... Drum roll. Number one is Back to the Future. Good um, movie. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a big Back to the Future fan. I think this, it's really difficult to pick one Back to the Future movie because I think number one's great, number two is amazing, and number three is, well, for me, it's the lesser of the Back to the Futures. Like, I still really enjoy it, but but I think one and two. It gives Doc his happy ending. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, like, it's a good movie, but I think one and two is, like, it's the... The worst of a bunch of good movies, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't pick whether number one or number two should be my top movie, because I, I really like number two, but you can't have number two without number one. Yeah. So I've given number one the top spot. It's well cast. Um, it's got a great soundtrack. <laughs> Every time I think of it, I just think of that little... Yeah. Like the noise, like, cue noise here, if it's... Jack can do it. <laughs> go, Jack, go. Hopefully you put it in there. <laughs> it's your perfect movie, I think. Little known fact, um, a lot of the um, scenes are shot at night because um, Michael J. Fox, who plays Marty McFly, was only available at night because he was filming, I think, Family Ties ah, during the day. He, How old was he when he was filming those? Was he like a teenager? Or oh, was he, he might have been in his 20s. No, I'm not sure. But... He just looks so young in it, and mm. it's just his comedic timing in it. Him and, and um, Christopher Lloyd, their comedic timing yeah. with each other is just fantastic. They work off each other really yeah. well, and so does um, Crispin Glover. Mm. And Crispin Glover is the freakiest man ever, oh, but he's yeah. great. He's so in this awkward, movie. but yeah, but yeah, he works well with um, Michael J. Fox and um, Rain. But they all like, like I said, it's just really well cast. Ria something is it? No, no, I don't even know. See, this is why I'm not the brains of this podcast. I'm just the guesser. Leah Thompson. Leah. See, Rhea, Leah, almost. Not quite. <laughs> the guy that plays Biff as well, he's really good as well. Mm. It's just, it's a great movie. It's got everything. It's got time travel. Time travel. Time, <laughs> I used to, because I like skateboarding, that little bit that he does 
um, on the, the when yeah. he takes the the kid's scooter and he breaks the top half off and he scoots around. Like I always, I thought that was amazing, and he sort of runs over the top of the car. Um, I just think it's so clever that in each movie it's basically the same thing, just done differently. Oh yeah, so good. Like they reuse like the same beats all the time, yeah. like which it it really works. Like you can tell that it's not like you're watching um um Star Wars Force Awakens and you're just like, well, hey, I've seen this before. They did this in yeah. A New Hope, the trench run, and everything. Like it really makes sense how they recycle the same stuff, like. It doesn't leave you going, oh, well, I've already seen that. Because it's like, yeah. oh, it was the same. That was, like, so cool how they did this. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it's, it's really well done. Cool. Well, my number one. Um, my number one has got a bit of a, a bad rap. But I really like it. And it is Scott Pilgrim versus The World. It is, it is just a movie that I can watch over and over again. It's just... It's silly, but it's fun. It's like, I don't even know what I like about this movie. I just love it. It's quotable. It has a good soundtrack as well. It has a stellar cast. Like half of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in this, even before there were superheroes. And it's it's funny. It's, it's, for anyone that doesn't know, it's about this guy, Scott Pilgrim, and he wants to date this girl, Ramona Flowers. And in order to do that, he has to beat her fight, defeat, her seven evil exes. And it is outrageous. It's funny. It's silly. It's quirky. I don't even know how to explain it, but it is just brilliant. It's based on, like, a, a comic novel the graphic novel series i think they they based it more on the video on game the video game yeah which is based on the comic book that's why there's so much of that like 8-bit sort of yeah uh, it's, it's just an enjoyable movie like mm. I, I think i could quote the whole movie because i've seen it so many times and every time it just makes me smile and like <laughs> michael Sarah's not the best actor in the world but he plays scott pilgrim to a I, t it was he's perfect for that yeah um yeah if you haven't seen it watch it it's it's fun it's oh, I love that movie as well I I almost put that on my list but I knew that it would be on yours so that <laughs> I left it off yeah I I love that one as well there's so many quotes so many funny things I, just... I think it's just great that he's just sort of he's living just say a normal life everything is normal he's dating a high schooler and then that's beside <laughs> the point but then he becomes involved with Ramona mm-hmm. and then his, his world just sort of gets turned upside down mm-hmm. but he just goes with it. It doesn't he doesn't even bat an eye. It's like the guy shows up to fight him. He's like, I don't want to fight. But then he fights and he's a martial artist. Like yeah. he knows all these moves and then he like, what is he? He kicks the guy or he punches the guy and he turns into coins. He's like, yeah. oh, coins. And My bus fare. Yeah, and he just picks <laughs> them up. Like It's like you just destroyed a guy. You, you killed a guy. Yeah. You punched him so hard he turned into a handful of change. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. yeah. And it's got a yeah, fantastic cast. It has Michael Cera. It has Mary Winston Smith. It has Chris Evans. It has Brendan Routh. It has um, Brie Larson. It has the chick from Parenthood. I can't even think of what her name is. The one that does all the voices in your comic ones. Mm. Um, Mae Whitman. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's got Macaulay Culkin's brother. I don't know what his name is, but yeah. It's just so many people. Amazing. So good. 10 out of 10. Kieran Culkin? Kieran. Yeah. That's it. Yes. 10 out of 10. Go see it. Have a laugh. That's good. I think they're um, remastering the... The game and bringing it on... As well. On PS5? PS4? It'll, they'll probably do both. Who knows, yeah. And that rounds up our top 10. Now, please note that this is just our opinion. Like, you might watch these movies and go, well, that was utter shite. But these are movies that we like ourselves and hopefully by us going through our top tens you get to have a better handle on what our interests are if 
your interests lie in with ours. If you've got a movie that you really like that you think we should give it a go, um, let us know. I'm I'm down for watching movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening, geeks and geekettes. If you enjoyed what you heard today, um, please be sure to click on our subscribe button, which will keep you notified on when we put up our next episodes. And um, also feel free to give us a five-star rating because you think that we're awesome, which we are. And the more ratings we get, the more people will see our podcast and can join our geek tribe and our community. Um, We also are on Instagram, so head on over there and give the geek tribe a follow. There you can leave comments on any movies or things that you think we should watch. Um, On there we will be posting updates on episodes. We'll have polls for suggestions on what you would like us to chat about or cover. And maybe even a a competition every now and then. We'd like to give a, a special shout out to Jack. Jack, my brother, who does definitely exist. <laughs> Jack, he's a real person. I'm, I, I love him. I'm glad I have a brother. And he's doing our editing for us, so thank you. Hopefully he still will do the editing. <laughs> us out. I think that's it. Okay, guys. Um, and just remember, be excellent to each other. <laughs>